0: Well, hello there. Welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name, of course, is Eddie Cohn. I am really excited and thrilled to be here today. You can't tell by the calm nature of my voice right now, but I just tried singing some music. I'm I'm working on some new music right now, and my voice just was not happening today, vocal-wise, as I was singing these songs. So I felt... Recording a podcast calmly speaking through this microphone would better serve my time. Uh, You know, that's the thing. Some days you just don't have it, and we live in this world now where you're either perfect, you've got it together, you're always happy, life of the party, or you're you're depressed down and out. It's the worst. And, and I, I think we, li- we forget so easily that life is this marathon and it's not a sprint in the moment. It certainly feels like it's a sprint. When we're in it emotionally, the world, everything feels so big and like we can't deal with it. But typically those emotions are ephemeral. We get through it. We survive, and we move on to the next event or emotional occurrence in our lives that takes us to the next journey, the next place, and that could be a daily process, weekly, yearly shifts of energy, a, a lifetime of shifting of energy. And I guess my point here is, is that you know, as I as I typically, if I sing poorly, I, I get really negative and down on myself, and. But I've realized, you know, it's it's okay. I've been very productive over the last few months writing a bunch of new music. If it's a bad day, vocally, there's some other things that I can do that will still bring me joy, like this podcast. I've got a lot of stuff I want to talk about today. I'm going to be playing clips. I'm going to be reading some excerpts from articles and books I'm reading, which I find to be very fascinating. And I think it's really going to open up your world to feel more perception, feel more alive, more awake. That's one of the primary goals. I I feel the world turning us into robots, turning us into fragments of ourselves. And it's the media's doing, it's politicians doing, it's social media's doing in a huge way. So we're going to dive into a lot of stuff today. I had an amazing, by the way, if you dig the show, I I say dig a lot. I realize that's lazy of me. If you enjoy the show, if you find the show entertaining, inspirational, thought-provoking, that's much better, right, than me just saying, do you dig it? I I can come up with a better word than dig. So there you go. If you find the show thought-provoking, head over to iTunes, give it a review, Give it a five-star. Share it with your friends. That stuff is really meaningful. Helps a lot. There's 55 billion podcasts, so reviews are great. And you can reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at Eddie Cone and say hello. Head over to com, my website, where you can join the newsletter. And as I said, I'm going to be releasing some new music this year. So you'll be the first to hear it if you get over to the website. So I want to talk about, first off, and I had an amazing conversation with Tony Ann Monaco yesterday for my podcast. I just finished editing that, so that'll hit on Monday or Tuesday. And then I also have an amazing guest lined up on Wednesday, the lead singer of Geographer, one of my favorite bands. And I also have a band, Stevenson Ranch Davidians, coming up the following week. So I've got some great podcasts coming up. But I was talking to Tony Ann about this, this image of, of seeing through the forest or seeing through the trees. And I guess it's easy to see what's right in front of you. But it's challenging to see beyond the forest or beyond what's directly emotionally or physically in front of you. And I think right now, everybody sees... Covid nineteen. I mean, how could you not? It's 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 being bombarded into your skull, and it's impossible to avoid. Covid nineteen is this immutable force where I've never seen or felt anything like it before. Like the idea that you challenge what's going on or talk about. It. I mean, I had this long conversation yesterday with a friend of mine, um, and. I want to be clear, and actually, let me read this post that, that I, I saw online from Stevenson's Ranch Dividians. It's a band that I like and follow, and as I said, they're going to come out on the podcast. This, this is. I'm going to read what they said, and then I'll expand upon that. Did you know that it is possible to be sensible and cautious with regard to a virus? while also simultaneously not believing every goddamn word of propaganda the experts are telling you about the virus and i think wow well that that's exactly how i feel you know people just want to say oh you're one of those or you're oh you're one of those or you just are republican or you're democrat i i believe it is possible to live cautiously wear a mask when you go to the grocery store but, also, kind of scratch your head and think, "How the fuck did this this happen
1: it 's insane
0: I, I went to the grocery store again today and Man, I'm telling you, it's just this frightened world we live in. And and I, am, I think I'm making the best of it. I'm doing pretty well. But emotionally, I, I just think human beings are so fragile. And we're so easily just brainwashed or manipulated into believing something. And even the CDC on their website said that just because people test positive for the coronavirus doesn't mean they actually even have this current coronavirus. They could have an antibody or they could test positive for some family of virus that falls underneath the coronavirus that we currently have. So even the testing that's going on isn't fully accurate or telling the real story. And even like two months ago on 60 Minutes, Dr. Fauci says, you know, you don't necessarily have to wear a mask. And now everybody's saying you have to wear a mask, and it's not like germs just magically don't go into people's eyes, and it's not like germs just like hit these plastic partitions in front of you know cash registers at Trader Joe's or Petco and just fall to the ground. Germs sort of float around, and I I am stunned that people just believe it, and then I'm also stunned that the minute anybody suggests that this is a bit perplexing. Then people just ridicule you for questioning it, and then they say, "How dare you go outside without a mask?" And they they basically call you a murderer if you don't wear a mask. It's crazy. It's insane, and I I can't believe it. And I want to play this clip. Great podcast interview, by the way, Jim Carrey talking to Mark Maron. I want to play this clip where he's talking about the human condition, and dealing with the world we live in. I mean, it's, it's just too much sometimes. Maybe it's too much all of the time. It is really hard to manage the day-to-day, especially with this insane virus and the media and politicians wanting you to just stay home and wear a mask all day. So let me play this clip for you.
1: Was there a point where you came up empty and that's where you crashed? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There were many crashes. There's still crashes. But what do you attribute uh, that to? How do you feel about your mental health? I attribute it to, uh, I, I believe that no one gets through this life. It's too challenging and there's too much stuff coming at us. We don't have the bandwidth to handle it. We have to find ways to escape it. We have to turn the gadgets off. We have to find moments of, in nature. Meditation is helpful, really helpful uh breathing techniques you know there's a lot of that's you know i i i get up and i walk and i do cold plunges and i you know i do give my body every chance it it can can get no more medicine be healthy i have very little supplementation you know oh, yeah. in my in my life you know just a little little uh handful of pills yeah. and uh, supplements yeah. that i take yeah you know with dinner and that's that's about it but no I still get into spirals of thought and, uh, you know, just eruptions of, of anger and disappointment in humanity, you know, in the human species, in, in the narrowness of someone's perceptions.
0: Yeah, yeah the, the, the narrowness of perception, that right there, is one of the major themes of my show, and I've had guests on my show where I talk about the dystopian context of social media and Instagram and Facebook. And they're just like, oh, no, you know, it, it's great. It, you know, it fills me up or it's nothing. It's this innocuous platform. It doesn't, it, it's meaningless. It, it's, you need to know how to handle it or it's not affecting the culture. And I think to myself, are you that myopic? Where you can't see the big picture. And and I think, no, I think that's what's happening to our world and technology. It is literally creating this narrow mindedness where it is impossible for people to go beyond this one tracked mindedness. And I think that's very, that's what we have with this virus. People are just so easily willing to accept. Or maybe it makes people comfortable and feel secure that, oh, it just must be this. And they're they're okay with that. They don't want to think about what could be. They don't want to think that, oh, the government could potentially be lying to us. So what what good would that do any of us? And Eddie, why are you bothering to think about these potential stories that will never come to fruition or why can't you just take it for what it is or believe it? And humanity's inability to ask questions, humanity's ease to become addicted to technology, technology devices and the impact it's having on creativity And now COVID-19's impact that it's having on movie theaters shutting down and people becoming more addicted to Zoom and Netflix. I mean, all of these things impact all of us. And the media's obsession by talking only about death, only about the bad, only these numbers, these rolling numbers, I've got a number that's going to blow you away. I'm reading, or I just finished a book called Why We Swim by Bonnie Swee. And you're you're going to flip out when you when you hear this statistic. Every year, 372,000 people die from drowning. I mean, 372,000 people die from drowning every year. That's more than 40 people an hour every day. In 2014, the World Health Organization released a global report on drowning to launch the first worldwide strategic prevention effort, their goal to target drowning as a public health challenge. So this is my, my point, I guess, about COVID-19. You know, I, I believe there's a coronavirus, much like there's a coronavirus every year. But if the media paid as much attention to every single time somebody drowned, people would be freaked out to go anywhere near an ocean or a pool. And of course, many people will say, well, there's, this is more contagious. And then I will argue I don't necessarily believe it's any more contagious than any of the viruses or flus that we've had before because A, you cannot 100% defiantly track contagiousness. It is one of those immeasurable anomalies where you can't predict how somebody is going to react to a germ because you can't predict immune systems. And if we paid this much attention to other colds and flus, like we are this year, people would be having this same reaction. But we live in a day now, it's, we are reaching this tipping point in 2020, ironically in 2020, where we have an election. We have so many self-serving agendas, politically, media-wise, even just people's People are so worried about how they're perceived on social media that we all have these agendas and stances now that we are incapable of letting go of. We have financial agendas. We have institutional agendas. Even Dr. Fauci has an agenda. Everybody has an agenda. And then you have the hatred of Donald Trump. You have people's inability to think critically and sit quietly all of this is creating this world where here we are, and it, it does feel like the end of the world has, has literally hit us. It's, it's really the perfect storm. And back to my original sort of statistic, I do believe there is a conscious global decision to take this coronavirus story and people are running with it and using it to try and benefit their own agenda. That's what's making this different than anything we have ever seen before, coupled with social media addiction, coupled with social media, their controlling of the story coupled with people just can't keep an attention span on something for more than like a day or two days without getting distracted by some st- new story on Netflix or some new um, picture on Instagram. I mean, it's it has created this volcano, and we're living it right now. We are literally in the midst of a burning volcano. And it's funny, but I'm going to have lunch with him next uh, next week. Todd Beeson was on my show a couple months ago. And he's, he's had shocks from 5G, from his phone. Being around wireless routers, being next to his phone a lot, he's experienced shocks. And I know other people that have a hard time sleeping if their phone is next to their bed. I, I refuse to have a phone in the bedroom. I don't like a television in the bedroom. I mean, all these technology, technological devices, I think, are not meant to be anywhere near the bedroom. Because they do impact your brain. And there's, it's a subtle shift to brain waves and, and, and neurological patterns that are happening in the brain. You're not even aware of it. That's what's so sneaky. Before you know it, you're going to your phone 15, 20, 30, 40 times a day. It's an addiction, just like gambling. And so my friend Todd is very worried about 5G and 5G originated from Wuhan, which is where we're saying that this virus evolved from. And of course, people out there will say it's a conspiracy. What are you worried about? Everybody thinks more tech, more automation, more facial recognition, more apps. I mean, more, more, more. And it's just, it's just too much. And people don't want to believe it. People are too brainwashed to believe it, but then sure enough, and I'm excited here to say this, but out of the New York Times, the UK bars, and I have no idea how to pronounce this, but it's a, a tech company, uh, Huawei, H-U-A-W-E-I, so UK bars them as tech battle between China and the West escalates. Britain announced on Tuesday that it would ban equipment from the Chinese technology giant, Huawei from the country's high-speed wireless network, a victory for the Trump administration that escalates the battle between Western powers and China over critical technology. The move reverses a decision in January when Britain said Huawei equipment could be used in its new 5G network on a limited basis. Since then, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has faced growing political pressure domestically to take a harder line against Beijing, and in May, the United States imposed new restrictions to disrupt Huawei's access to important components. Britain's about-face signals a new willingness among Western countries to confront China a determination that has grown firmer since Beijing last month adopted a sweeping law to tighten its grip on Hong Kong. And then, of course, this is the big deal that people don't want to even listen to, but Huawei's critics say its close ties to the Chinese government mean Beijing could use the equipment, the 5G equipment, for espionage, Or to disrupt telecommunications, a point the company obviously strongly disputes. So, again, back to sort of my original point that I said at the very beginning of the show. Nobody is capable of seeing big picture. Nobody wants to believe that it's possible that there's a toxic storm cloud that is potentially hanging overhead. And it's called 5G. And it's potentially... Behind some of the havoc that is going on around the world, nobody wants to even entertain that thought. I, I, I as, as Jim Carrey said, I'm just, I'm just surprised and a little disappointed at how humanity has has responded over the last few months. We've just spiraled into this, this abyss of of masks and. Robotic behavior, where we just basically say, "I, I, Captain, I'll just do whatever you want." And here, here's another startling story to sort of defend what I'm even talking about. This idea that you bring up another perspective or point of view is has basically just been it's it's being shot down. You you can't. Disagree anymore. People don't want to listen. They're not capable of listening. People will call you names. And sure enough, Barry Weiss, a writer for the New York Times, had to quit after bullying by colleagues over views. New York Times opinion columnist and editor Barry Weiss announced Tuesday she is leaving the gray lady, I guess the New York Times, that's slang for the New York Times, saying she was bullied by colleagues. And an illiberal environment. Weiss published a scathing resignation letter that she sent to Times Publisher on her personal website, noting she doesn't understand how toxic behavior is allowed inside the newsroom and showing up for work as a centrist at an American newspaper should not require bravery. Weiss then explained that she joined the paper in 2017 to help offer a different perspective as the Times' failure to anticipate the outcome of the 2016 election meant that it didn't have a firm grasp of the country it covers. But the lessons that ought to have followed the election have not been learned, Weiss wrote. Instead, a new, consensus, a new consensus has emerged in the press. But perhaps, especially at this paper, the truth isn't a process of collective discovery, but an orthodoxy already known to an enlightened few whose job is to inform everyone else. Weiss then wrote that Twitter is not on the masthead of the New York Times, but social media acts as the ultimate editor. As the ethics of that platform have become those of the paper, the paper itself has increasingly become a kind of performance space. Story, And this is, this is, this is it. This is the problem with where we're headed. Stories are chosen and told in a way to satisfy the narrowest of audiences, rather than to allow a curious public to read about the world and then draw their own conclusions. I always thought that journalists were charged with writing the first rough draft of history. Now, history itself is one more ephemeral ephemeral thing molded to fit the needs of a predetermined narrative? I want to play another clip for you from the Jim Carrey Mark Marin podcast, and then I, I guess I'll let you go. I, I think I, actually, there's there's one more. Post that I want to read to you, and then I'll let you go. I think our culture has become so self-indulgent and narcissistic. Jim Jim Carrey is going to speak about it really fast because I think it's it's the it's the problem of our of of American culture.
1: I, I used to say that most personalities are, are just a reaction from someone telling you you couldn't do something early on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or reactions to fear. Yeah. Reactions to the ego saying you're not gonna have. It's like the book is about the fear of erasure, which we all have. Right, of course, right. You know, and, and our obsession with relevance. But right. Not relevance that just makes you do all right in your life, the kind of relevance that lasts beyond your death to the end of the program. But don't you, you think know? that this is something, you know, specifically relative to um artists or people that with power that you know I don't think anymore I don't think anymore I think the internet the the social media everybody's begging a billion strangers to touch their subscribe button and open their notifications and they're all trying to you know get to that place which we got to and uh but when we got there we realized okay this isn't actually going to make me happy you know the transcendence of this at moments. I, I I don't purport to be able to transcend this stuff and stay there. I don't believe anybody who who does say that. Like the I'm just an enlightened being and I never feel anything but this enlightenment. Uh, you know, I get glimpses, and man, I'm free when the grasping stops.
0: I, I think this desire, as he as he said, to reach this this level of fame of of getting nonstop attention has become such a driving force for our culture, and it's perpetuated by social media and TikTok and followers and these running numbers, likes, and it's become more important to attain attention and fame than to cure homelessness. It's, it's almost like the powers to be, whether it's Facebook, politicians, have realized what has become of our society. That the only thing, the only way to get anyone's attention now is to scare the fuck out of people through a, through a virus that is killing less than 1% of the world. And, and the irony, and I read this somewhere, it's, it's hysterical to see people wearing masks and going to the fucking McDonald's drive through. Or, or going to 7 and eating hot dogs and, and Coca-Cola. I mean, th- think about the thick irony here. People are not exercising. People aren't eating well. People are sitting on their ass. People aren't having conversations or thinking or talking or being around other people where that could potentially make them feel better about themselves. But instead, they'd rather just stay home and wear a mask. It's, it's so idiotic. I'm going to end the show by reading from Kevin Hart, who's, you know, I'm a huge Kevin Hart fan. I mean, how can you not be a fan of Kevin Hart? And he was interviewed in the New York Times. And I I thought the words he said really shed a lot of light on the problems with our culture, good and bad, and how the bad just seems to get people's attention more than the good. I don't feed into people on the Internet who have a bunch of bad shit to say. The bad is a lot louder than the good. The bad seems like it's written in a bigger font. It's not. But you don't see the person who says, I love you. You see the person who says, fuck you, you untalented blank. Why don't you choose to see the I love you? It's because you've learned to let the negative be louder. It's just like in the world today. You can't tell me one good thing that was on the news. You're not trained to remember it. I bet you the news might have something on there that you would consider stupid, like a dog was found in Mississippi that was lost for three weeks. Then the family got their dog, the dog back. You wouldn't remember that. There's a lot of bad, but there is some good if you choose to look for it. The media is pushing fear. Where's the compromise? We know the catastrophic consequences of coronavirus, but we're not hearing any conversation of the good. Like in Italy, you see what they did with people singing on the balconies. Why didn't the news outlets talk about people in Italy banding together to, upli- to uplift each other? Why is more deaths the only thing being pushed? We never see a counter to the negativity, and that's the problem. Very well said. I I wish I could have Kevin Hart on my show. Maybe one day I will. But for now, I'm just going to read excerpts from an interview that he had on the New York Times or with the New York Times. So I, I think I am trying to help people realize that if you're not careful, you are going to be in a bonfire, a media bonfire of deaths and coronavirus. And I just don't necessarily believe that this pandemic virus is any worse than the Spanish flu or the yearly deaths that we get from other viruses. I mean, hell, 375,000 people die every year from swimming accidents or from drowning. So, you know, in, mi- in millions of people have heart complications every year. I just, I think the agenda has made this virus a much bigger story than it potentially actually is. And we're all reacting in ways that it feels as though if you, if you get the virus, you're dead. It like, it feels as though 50% of the population will die if they get the virus. That to me feels like the way people are reacting. And I just, I don't think that's in reality, obviously the case. But nobody out there is adding any sort of perspective. Nobody out there is trying to get you to relax and help you realize that more than likely you're going to be okay. That's it for today's show. Hopefully this has been an inspirational episode to get you to think beyond what is right in front of you. And don't believe everything you read in the newspaper because everything in the newspaper is primarily just bad. So... A couple amazing guests lined up for the show. If you enjoy the show, if you found it thought-provoking, please share it with your friends. Head over to iTunes, write a review, go to my website, iameddycone.com, sign up for the newsletter. As always, thank you so much for listening and supporting the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast.